welcome to the revival of the Corporate Gamer Broadcast. I am your host, Corporate Gamer. Um, after a two-year absence, a year and a half absence, August 2017, I believe, was the, well, it's more than two years, actually. Um, hey, Coinop, how's it going? Um, after two years, I am starting to do my own podcast again. Um, I used to have an audio podcast only um, that lasted about six months. I had 25, 24 episodes under the belt. This would be my 25th. Um, and I wanted to do something with my Twitch. Um, at the time, I was testing out new things and I wanted to do, uh, you know, um, different um you know, test different things, and I was also testing out how OBS would work, and um, and at the time I was only audio, so um, it was to upload to iTunes and um, you know have a um, do a sign up with um, with uh, um, SoundCloud so I can upload and stuff like that, and I just decided um, it was a little bit too much work for what it was worth. Um, I didn't have that much of a um, of a um, um, following at the time, I, I had like I would get like maybe ten downloads a, a month um, on my iTunes. So I decided to um, to just um, do this again. Um, I have my 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 channel on Twitch has grown, and I have a tendency of talking during my my Twitch streams sometimes, and I talk on certain topics, and I figured. No, it'd be nice to actually have a time where I can actually speak um, about various topics in either gaming, entertainment, TV, whatever the case may be, whatever I feel that like this week uh, or any other week. Um, in this game, in this my initial episode, it'll be more of a um, an, a gaming centric type of episode. Um, I haven't done one in a long time, so forgive me about the technical stuff. Um, I haven't really polished everything out yet but I am trying my best to um, to try and see if how, how, how things will work. Uh, before I continue, I wanted to say thank you to whoever is hosting me. Big Bad Bizarre Gaming, Overrider, Wasteland Ruckus, Engineering Gaming Nerd, Psychosis, Angry Gorilla, Mr. Garp1988, Gallows Adler, and Got to Choose. Thank you so much for the hosts. And also CoinOp for passing by and watching the stream um, on my, and my reboot of the podcast. Um, so I was initially supposed to have these go in one after the other as I press a button. Unfortunately, that didn't work out because I was working on different things. However, um, this is going to be what we're going to be talking about. So, um, normally the way that I structured my podcasts in the past, I always had an introduction of some sort to kind of what I was playing, what I've played during the week, what I've, um, what I've watched in terms of movies, what I've actually been doing, right? Um, so there's a bit, a bit of an introduction. Um, I'm going to go through a trailer of the week since this is a video podcast or I can... Um, Switchy, thank you for the host. Um, since um, um, it's, a, it's a visual medium now, I'm on Twitch, I can do a trailer of the week and I can watch it with you. And the first one we're going to be doing uh, this week is The Outer Worlds. Now, I don't know if I'm going to get, you know... Um, leap for this or not or you know muted or whatever um, I don't know we're gonna try it we'll see how it goes um, 
Hey Switch, how's it going? Uh, just going through the rundown of what I'm going to be probably talking about during during the podcast um, or netcasts. Oh, sweet. <laughs> That's awesome. Hopefully I don't get you to crash because <laughs> that would be bad. Um, yeah, so the first thing we're going to be looking at is the trailer of the week, which is The Outer Worlds, which is a game that um, is made by Obsidian Entertainment. And if you're not sure who that is... Um, they are the ones that kind of probably made the, according to many, many uh, the most popular Fallout game, which is Fallout New Vegas. And even on top of that, <coughs> sorry for that, um, they also, uh, two of the original creators of the original Fallout games, Fallout 1 and Fallout 2, are writers and producers on this particular game as well. So it looks pretty cool. Um, I'm going to be looking at the trailer with you guys, and we're going to go see. And we're going to see how how it goes. Um, I'm going to talk about Google Stadia. Um, I know that we've um, I'm, I'm late to the party, um, but um, everybody and their grandmother has made a video about Google Stadia, and um, I wanted to give my point of view on why I particularly not going to get it. Yes, they did. Oh, they did a lot of different games, but. Um, the one that most people are going to recognize probably is the Fallout series. Um, and that's why this game has more of a Fallout vibe, more than a Knights of the Old Republic uh, 2 vibe. Um, but yes, you are right. Um, and also, this is why I like doing the podcast and not just recording myself. Um, I, I can chat with you guys and I can actually interact with you guys. And if you guys have any questions, just let me know and... Uh, I will answer them as I can. I don't think I alerted uh, my... I gave my alerts, or I put on my alerts for this, uh, but I will um, I will turn them on eventually. <laughs> it's just I didn't have time. Uh, so we're going to go through Google Stadia. I'm going to talk about Ninja and Mixer. Um, I, again, I'm late to the party for this, but um, it seems that everybody in, was kind of, at one point, was on the let's leave Twitch bandwagon, and it seems to have cooled off a little bit. Um, sure, uh, sure, coin up. Uh, thanks for passing by. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Um, you can, <laughs> you can. Uh, I, I'll probably do interviews at one point, or I'll get other people to to come onto the stream. And and um, once I work out um, um, Discord and how to get the video and how to cut them off, uh, cut them up and and paste paste it. So at one point, I, I will be doing that um as well um yeah so ninja and mixer um so at one point everybody in the grandmother wanted to jump ship from twitch to mixer um everybody knows that um uh, ninja got a big sum of money to move over to mixer which is fine um and i'll get into it why i think it's fine uh, we're going to go into the game releases of the week um i used to do this before um i used to have a website and it was <laughs> it went down However, I found another one um, that actually gives you the game releases for the actual week. So this will be the game releases from the 15th to the 21st. And then we're going to have a discussion, um, or I'm going to just talk, about um, how it's become second nature now um, to have more than one console. Um, and I guess it could include PC as well in there, uh, per household. Um, you know, um, if you looked at 20 years ago, um, everybody... 
most people would either have to choose one. Like it was very rare that ever. Like if I would go into back into the back into time and say, okay, um, um, you know, people that had Super Nintendo, very little, very few people had both the Super Nintendo and the Genesis, for example. Most people had one or the other. Very rarely did you have two. And nowadays, it seems to be common, common nature, second nature to, oh, um, have an Xbox, have a PlayStation 5, have a Switch. I'm victim of that as well. I have, in this console generation as well, I have, um, I have an Xbox, which is my main gaming machine, and then I also have a Switch, which, um, you know, which it's, I, and there's reasons why I have it. <laughs> uh, it's not gathering dust or anything. Um, I do have a valid reason to have it. Um, unfortunately, it's not a, it's not really a, um, full on console in my nature. It's just missing a little bit of that little bit. And I'll get a little in, into it um, a little bit later on on why I think it's, it's a little bit lagging behind. Um, especially this week we have, um, um, this week or last week there was the Witcher that got released or at one point. Uh, Witcher got released for um, for the Switch, and it had to make compromises, and it's 2019. The game came out in 2015. It's four years. You would figure that they would have, you know, it would be a little bit better, and it kind of is, eh. Anyways, although I played it on the Xbox One, and it was beautiful, and I'm assuming if you played on the upscaled version, I think it's, I think it's an Xbox enhanced game. I'm not sure, but... Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that as well. And my gaming review um, that I'm doing is, it's going to be a little bit different. Um, if you guys watched my streams, you'll know that I've, I've had the discussion in my streams where I discuss Metro Exodus and Wolfenstein Youngblood and why I find they're very similar games, just that the um, execution of both was kind of, one was done really, really well and the other one was done kind of in a lackluster way. Uh, but I wanted to get in, a little bit more into it and discuss it a little bit more. So it's not a, a full-on game review. Like, I, you know, Metro Exodus, I'm going to give you a full review of it. Um, but it's going to be a comparison between Metro Exodus and Wolfenstein Youngblood. So, all right, let's get into it. All right, so the first thing we're going to go into is... There we go. Yay! Like, can I... So here is my screen. Um, so the first thing we're going to be looking into is the trailer for um, for um, the Outer World, which is which got released. I don't know when. Um, a few. I don't remember when exactly. I think it was this week or last week. However, having said that, um, let's watch the. Let's hope it's not too loud. I'm pressing the wrong thing. <laughs> Look who it is. The stranger that came out of nowhere and now has everyone talking. Some people want you to be a savior. A shining beacon of hope. Those people clearly haven't met you yet.
get you? Some soap. Everyone loves soap. Remember, no matter what happens out here, it'll all be your fault. Good luck. All right, so that was the trailer for The Outer Worlds. Um, actually looks kind of better than it did at uh, E3, is it E3 two years ago? Um, I don't remember the last time I saw footage, but it looked kind of wonky. Um, it kind of looks like a Fallout vibe, but with a futuristic twist to it, like kind of um, Borderlands or Bioshock kind of look to it. Um, it looks pretty cool, actually, um, and that's probably in the next game I would be playing um, because it's just fun. Um, it looks fun. Um, I've been wanting to play this for a while. Um, the game itself um, is by Obsidian Entertainment. The publisher is Private Division. The directors are by Tim Kane and Leonard Boyarski. Um, and as I mentioned before, um, they are both... Um, uh, founders or <laughs> the original creators uh, or part of the team that did the original creation of Fallout and Fallout 2. Um, and it's Obsidian Entertainment, which also um, were the ones that kind of, well, not kind of, they did um, Fallout New Vegas. And as Switchy mentioned, they also uh, Knights of the Old Republic 2. So um, it looks pretty good. Uh, it's going to be released on Windows, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and the Nintendo Switch. Um, I don't know why every time I see, you know, Nintendo Switch, I always think that it's going to be a shittier version out of the box. And it's, it's a bad thing to think. Um, it's a good little machine. It's a good portable. Technically, out of a portable, it's the best one out there. But it just lacks that power. Um... To really play those AAA games the way it should be. Um, a lot of games are... There's a compromise that happens. Where... Um, you know, you have to sacrifice... Uh, looking at the game... The look of the game or whatever. And it's it's kind of... It's a shame. Um, although, I have to admit... Wolfenstein... They optimized it really well for Wolfenstein 2. Um, uh, Switch... Uh, Switch... Um, um, Witcher 3, yes, the Switcher series, um, the Witcher 3, um, kind of looks, it's a shame, because it looks, eh, they had to make some compromises, and it kind of, because I think in, on, uh, if you dock it, it's at 720p, but when you're, you undock it, it's at 520, I think, or 5 something, uh, it's a lot lower resolution, um, I don't know. I don't. I have. I don't own it. I don't think I'm gonna own it. I don't want to own it actually, um, only because, um, you know, um, I already have it on my Xbox, and I don't really have any need to buy it again. It's a great game. Soundtrack is phenomenal. I think it's one of the best soundtracks of any modern game in recent history. 
sorry for that. Um, so yeah, I, I just, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I'm going to buy it. So, um, back to Outer Worlds. So, um, the game looks pretty sweet. Um, it looks like it's going to have similar mechanics. I'm not going to get into the plot or whatever, maybe. However, the release date is October 25th. The Nintendo Switch one is to be announced. Um, so it's role-playing, so I'm assuming it's going to be similar to a Fallout or whatever. And this room, um, I saw an interview with Tim Kaine, I think it was Tim yeah, it was Tim Kaine and I, some of the original creators of, um, of Fallout, and one of their original, the idea for Fallout didn't even start out as Fallout. It was, um, something along the lines where, um, I would have to find the interview again, but it's it's along the lines of um, trying to it, it's some some um, spaceship goes into the atmosphere, crash lands, and they needed to find something. Anyways, this seems to be something. I know I expressed it really really badly, but I have to find the interview. Um, however, uh, this game looks very similar to what they initially had visioned for Fallout, and also. Um, they're not big fans of the direction that Fallout has gone into. They find that it lost a lot of its lore. Um, I kind of agree with Fallout 4 and Fallout 76. However, with Fallout New Vegas and Fallout 3, it was really, really good. I enjoy. I truly enjoyed both of them. Like I mentioned on my streams, I have a soft spot for... Um, I have a soft spot... Bleh, soft spot... For Fallout 3, I find it's the perfect game in terms of length, in terms of world. It's long. It's a long game, but it's not uber long. Um, they made Fallout 4 big. They made 76 even bigger. Like, The Witcher is insanely huge for no apparent reason. Um, it just... The map is all over the place. Red Dead 2 is the same thing. It's huge. It's those games that you invest in... You have to invest so many long hours. It's just, it's a shame that, um, it's a shame that they just, um, they keep making the games bigger and bigger and bigger because as you're making your games bigger, bigger and bigger, you have less time to play the smaller games, um, that come out or that fall under the radar. Um, so that's, that's kind of a shame. So that was the Outer Worlds. Let me know. Uh, if you guys are looking forward to playing Outer Outer Worlds, um, there's also Outer Outer Wilds, which is a much different game. Um, which uh, I looked at the preview for that, and I, I was like, either you like it or you don't. Uh, Outer Wilds, um, but we can discuss that another time. But let me know if you guys are uh, are looking forward to Outer uh, World Worlds. And if you guys are going to be playing it, I know I will. So um, right now I'm currently playing Bioshock, the first one. So I'm probably going to finish the first Bioshock, jump into Outer Worlds. And then after that, I'll continue with Bioshock 2 and uh, Infinite. But so far, I've been truly, really liking Bioshock. Um, it's, it's a really fun game. And surprisingly holds really well. I know I'm playing the... the um, uh, the uh, compilation that they created. Um, so you, you uh, like, I think I bought it for like 40 bucks or whatever, and you get all three games, all the DLCs and everything, which is pretty sweet. Um, 
so it's kind of a remastered version, but it still holds up really well. The controls hold up really well. Um, it's surprising how much they figured the controls before everyone. Even I played, uh, I played Witcher Three. I found the controls to be, eh, um, um, you know, um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey did it well. Origins did it well, but they're newer games. But anything that's kind of like when the Xbox first got released, um, it's kind of, it's weird. It's, it's, they're almost there, but it's not quite there. And they did a really good job of, um, of doing that. So, um, awesome. All right, next on the list, boom, Google Stadia, the Google console without a console. <laughs> So, um, in case you are a gamer and you've been living under a rock, um, I'm sure you've heard about Google Stadia, which is basically Google's attempt to the gaming space um, play with cloud computing. Uh, basically, the games are going to be played in the, in the cloud. You're going to have a wireless controller, and that's going to be... Um, you're going to be able to play through any device that connects to the Internet. Uh, the, of course... Uh, assuming you got the proper internet speed, uh, which is a, a downside, which I'm going to get into. <laughs> yeah, a fantasy is what it is, yes. Hey, Psych, how's it going? Um, so, was I ever on board with Google Stadia? My honest opinion? No. I didn't know anybody. Um, I didn't understand. Not too bad. I, I'm, I'm doing my return to podcasting. Um, working out the kinks and getting more comfortable. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, it's the return of the corporate gamer podcast. This is episode 25. Uh, going to work tech isn't available for this. We're constantly consistently. Well, that's the thing. So did I ever want to play this out of the box? The answer is no. I'm still an old school guy where I still really enjoy having the physical copy. Um, it's really, really cool. Um, the thing is, it's not that it's not going to work. And I, and I really tru truly hope that, um, hey, Death, um, I really hope that, you know, at one point it will work. And I think it's not a Google that's going to make it work. It's going to be a company like Microsoft or PlayStation um, or an established gaming company is going to make this work. And it's not going to be Google. Um, well, so this isn't a new idea. Um, the idea of playing in the cloud existed before. Um, if you guys remember, I think it was around 2009... Uh, you had OnLive, which the whole idea of OnLive was that you were able to play on the cloud. You had a little machine that you were able to plug in, and basically you were playing on the cloud. That never really worked. Um, it died pretty much a few years later. Um, it didn't. It never gained any momentum. Uh, yeah, it was a super fail. Now, uh, now the idea and the selling point for this game is the fact that you're supposed to be able to play on 
anybody's machine. So if you have a PC, you can have, you know, you don't have a, have to have a high-end machine. However, like, anyways, I'll get into it. Um, so if you don't have, you, you don't need a high-end machine. All you need is, um, is a, uh, you know, um, a phone, a tablet, uh, you know, anything. As long as you can connect to the internet, you can play this. You can play AAA games like Assassin's Creed Odyssey and voila. Um, so I don't know if that's really gonna, <laughs> so that's what they were promising. They did a few demos, demos look good, but after, uh, oh, <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. Um, so they went to E3, they demoed it, worked fine. Um, after the fact, they kind of, it got leaked that they had their own private network, high-speed network, um, that they used to showcase it, which is, it is what it is. Then, so people were like, eh. And then they came out with the tech specs. And I think the tech specs are... So, according to the tech specs, Stadia will require at least 10 megabits download i don't remember if it's download or upload i'm assuming it's download and or no upload i'm assuming uh for 720p 60 frames per second with stereo 20 megabits for 1080p hdr video 60 fps for uh, 60 uh, frames per second 5.1 surround sound and 35 megabits for 4k hdr video 60 uh, frames per second 5.1 surround this is great if you work, if you live in a big city. So if you live, and even then that would be challenging. Um, yeah, but it's a selling point, right? So they're going to try and see. Um, and even then I'm going to get into the, the pricing of the whole thing because to me, it's a little bit ridiculous. Um, so, in terms of speed, um, not everyone has access to the speed. You can probably get this if you have high-speed internet within a city. Um, if you can, um, it would be within a city. If not, if you live in the rural areas, I'm sorry, but this is really not going to work for you. I know other, other people have said the same thing, but as an IT guy myself... Um, this is never going to work. And on top of that, what I find a shame is they're kind of misleading the population a little bit. Uh, what I'm, they're, they're misleading the population in a little bit in the sense that they're saying you can play this on any device, a low end, a low end PC. But at the end of the day, you still need a processor that can process the data. So if you have a weak processor, it's not going to work. <laughs> You're going to have problems. So yes, I agree that you can you can probably have lower end than a gaming PC or the lower end part of that, but you can't have a shitty P like I don't see this working on a MacBook Air or at least like a generation like a couple of years ago MacBook Air, right? Um it works better from Xbox to PC. It works a lot better than people think. But yes, I agree. Um, it's not that great. Then you have 
the pricing, which is insane. So the way they're releasing this is you have, um, you don't see the pricing here. They only say that it's 100, 129, but there's going to be a found, there's a founder's edition, which comes with a controller. Um, I don't think they mentioned it here. Uh, yeah. So in any case, there's a, there's a, a founder's edition and then you can buy the controller separately and you'll be able to already that's expensive. 130 bucks for whatever. Plus you have to pay for a pro service. Uh, they're making insane. So initially they were saying, you don't have to buy any game. You don't own any game. Uh, no, sorry. You had to pay full price for the game. Plus the monthly fee. Yeah. There's a free version. I think that it's like super low end. And then you have a paid version. I think it's $9.99 a month. And then you have one that's 20. I think if you have pro or something, it has, it's a little bit more. Then initially you were playing for the full price. Plus you're playing for the full price of the game, which is insane. So you're paying for basically the, you're paying the service for keeping the servers up. I guess, which I find it odd and where I find Stadia will fail and where services like Xbox Game Pass are going to, are going to work is you have a, with Game Pass, which I own and I have granted, you have to download the game. I'll give you that. It's not, you're not playing in the you're not playing in the cloud. However, the pricing model is perfect. You're paying whatever the case may be. I, I, I'm just going to assume you're paying only for the, the Xbox version of it. But you can get the, 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 I think for the same price, you can get the, the, the ultimate package, which you, you also have Game Pass for PC. So you pay per month um, a fee. Yes, you don't own the game, but you have a list of library, a library of games that you have access to and you can play at any time. Case in point, I can play for free. I played Observer, Thief of Thieves. I've played, I can play the five Gears of War, uh, Fallouts, the full the gaming, the game of the year editions, Witcher, Wolfenstein 1 and 2. There's a lot there that I can play. Yes, I don't own them, but if you're strapped for cash a little bit, paying that $9.99 a month to play those AAA games on the Xbox or PC is amazing. Uh, and I think that's the way it's going to go. Unfortunately, Stadia kind of went the route of you pay the per month fee, which is going to go towards like keeping the servers up, but you're going to pay full price for the game and then they weren't even sure initially that you couldn't keep the game. So if the and again, one of the main reasons why I'm not a big fan of Google, they have a tendency of killing anything they release. Especially a couple of years after, it doesn't work, boom, they kill it. 
they did that with so many services uh, even now I have Google Music and even that's on the edge they're going to be using YouTube Music at one point they haven't fully transitioned however they haven't even figured out how to transfer my playlists over so we'll see how that goes but Google Music is another one that's going to die it's going to become YouTube Music uh, so do I have confidence that this is going to, you know, going to last a long time? Well, I used to love Songza, which is what I used to, I was subscribed to. Then Google bought Songza for the concierge, um, the concierge service. And to this day, it's still really, really good. And I actually do like the app, at least on the iPhone. I do really love the app on the iPhone. It's um, it's uh, it's slick. It's it's simple. It's the one thing that Google does really really well. It's very simple. So there's no you know, you're not, <laughs> um, um, you know you're, you're there's nothing complicated there. It's very very. It's a clean interface. But again, not everything is on there. So there's a lot of music that's not on Google Music. Now, I also have, or I had, about uh, roughly about 4,000 CDs spanning, you know, 15, 20 years. So I and I uploaded it. So to me, it was a way to upload my music to the cloud. Is it going to stay there? What happens if the if this service goes dead? But that's the thing. So Apple, Apple, it's their bread and butter, right? You have their PC model, and then they have, they have, um, you know, um, their music, iTunes. iTunes is massive fucking bloatware. From the what it was initially to what it is now, it's a monster. Even to run on a Mac, it's insanely huge. Um, so, you know, using iTunes for that, eh. but they had the right idea, um, you know, and it's been working. No, it doesn't. It's only, um, anyways, regardless of that, um, um, going back to Google Stadia, um, I have a feeling that they're, I don't know if it's the service is going to last that long. Um, it's one of those things where I think everyone's going to be waiting for it. And everybody that I follow pretty much uh, on YouTube or anywhere. So uh, uh, Metal Jesus Rocks. Uh, I don't think Review Tech USA bought it. He just flat out said he wasn't going to get it. Um, Drunk, um, uh, another uh, one of the Metal Jesus Crew uh, members as well. He had bought it day one, or he bought an advanced order and he canceled it. A lot of people canceled it. I don't know why you would even would have paid for it, but um, you know, for gamers, for older gamers, I think it's going to be it's it's a sad time as you're seeing more and more digital digital downloads and you less and less hardware. Um, I am still of the opinion. I like to hold a physical copy. It's amazing. I match my shirt, my hat, and my games. <laughs> um, um, I like to hold a physical copy. And the reason for that is, for example, um, Fallout 
uh, let's say you, you play Fallout, and it's on Game Pass, and then one day it's not. How do you play it? You know, you, you, there's no way of getting it. That's why I like the physical copy. But it's getting less and less. And if it's a game I really, really like, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna. I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna buy the physical copy. The last physical copy that I bought on Xbox One, I think, was Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And the only other gaming, well, that, that's on the Xbox. On the Switch, I buy all the physical copies because if you download, you have no more space. Because it has, it has a hard, hard drive that's about the size of a chip. So, a potato chip. Real Life Dinosaur, thank you for the host. Really appreciate it. Um, so yeah, am I a fan of Google Stadia? No. Do I think it's actually going to work? I'm on the hesitant side. I would really love for it to work. I just, I don't know, man. It I can't justify the price. If I have to pay a service plus pay the games, now what's the point? What's the added value to me? I might as well just buy myself a console or a PC or have, play on my PC and just download the game. Um, and I don't even know if the games are the console game versions of the games or the PC versions of the games. Because sometimes they, they kind of they differ. So here's the list of games that are initially coming out. So you do have some pretty big names on here. Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Marvel's Avengers, Baldur's Gate 3, Borderlands 3, The Crew 2, Cyberpunk 2077, which I am buying day one. Although... I don't know why they had a year to pre-order Cyberpunk 2077. That is insane. I would never pre-order anything that old. Especially the fact that all we had was a like was a cutscene. Looks spectacular. But again, it was just that. Uh, Darksiders Genesis, which is another Darksiders game apparently, which is a, a prequel with uh, The Last uh, Horseman. Uh, which is coming out, I don't know when, actually. I think it's coming out later this year. Destiny 2, Destroy All Humans. Tom Clancy's The Division 2, Doom, which is the 2016 version. Doom Eternal, coming out later this year. Or next year, actually. 20th of March, 2020. That's the original. Uh, Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2, Elder Scrolls Online. Farming Simulator 19, because nothing says... Working the farmlands like playing a simulator on your Xbox. A lot of these simulator games, I have no clue. Other than Go uh, is this Goat Simulator, which was like a, uh, just a funny game. There's Trucking Simulator, Farming Simulator. Pretty soon there's going to be a Taking a Shit Simulator. Like, it's going to be really bad. Final Fantasy 15, Football Manager 2020, Get Packed. I have no clue what that is. Tom Clancy's Recon Breakpoint, Gods and Monsters, Grid, Just Dance 2020, Kine, Metro Exodus, Mortal Kombat 11. Like, even Mortal Kombat 11, where it's you have to play it, it's split second. Um, you know what? There's people that keep in mind that this is not only for North America, right? It's, for, it's across the world. Final Fantasy... There's, there's players that I have a hard-on for Final Fantasy. They'll play anything. I'm not a, personally a big fan of Final Fantasy. Um, the last one I think I played was on the, the original on NES. But 
Um, like, people that have been wanting remakes of Final Fantasy seven and ten and whatever. I know. I know. But, I mean. Uh, coming back to Mortal Kombat, you know, when you're playing a game that's split second, accuracy may- determines if you win or lose or if you get a... Um, if you get a, a, a hit or not, um, lag is going to be a big factor. So for any fighting game, it's going to be insane. Even Metro Exodus, if you if you can't react right away when there's monsters around you, then what's the point, right? So, yeah. Uh, NBA 20, 2K20, Orcs Must Die, Power Rangers Battle for the Grid, Rage 2, Red Dead Redemption 2, yeah, that's going to work. It's super graphics intense. That game is going to fucking tank. Uh, Samurai Showdown, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Super Hot. I don't even know what that is. Thumper, Tomb Raider, Defin- Definitive Edition, Trials Rising, Untitled Q Games Game. Okay. Watch Dogs Legion, Windjammers, Wolfenstein Lung- Youngblood. Hey, which I'm going to review a little bit later on. Um, so, yeah. Um, this is what it is. Um, these are the games that are going to be available, I'm assuming, as of day one or when it becomes available. And, um, yeah, there's AAA titles here. Um, nothing really to run home about. Um, but And I own most of these. I own Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I'm going to own Cyber 20, 2077. Doom, I own. Um, I have the original grid. This is the new one, right? Yeah, this is the new one, but I have the original one. So from what I saw from the reviews, it's not much different. Um, and the first one apparently is better. So the original one. Yeah, so and I have the Tomb Raider Definitive Edition. So um, yeah. Um, I, my honest opinion is I don't like to trash anything until it comes out and we'll see how it works. Unfortunately, there's too many variables to lead it to potentially fail. Um, and Google is not exactly known to stay with the part, part of the course when something is not exactly going well. So when you factor all that in, um, I'm not going to invest in a system. I, I know I'm, I'm in the minority. I have an Xbox one, um. And it's the only game console I really have between the Xbox and the PlayStation. I don't have the PlayStation. Um, I decided to go Xbox. That was in the ecosystem. I really love the 360. And um, I always like the interface on the Xbox better. And I also really like, and I again, I'm one of the few, I really like the controller for the Xbox. I can never get used to the PlayStation controller. But I always got, like, because I the thumbstick... The, the left thumbstick just doesn't, this one over here, um, it's just placed perfectly for my thumbs. And I have small hands, and I got small fat hands. So for me, it works really, really well. The, the general, or whatever the original the original controller was on the original Xbox, was horrendous. It used to be so huge. I think you had to be a basketball player to freaking, like, <laughs> to, to play, or a giant to freaking grab the thing. But since the Xbox 360, it's to me, it's a perfect controller. Um, it does everything properly. I know where everything is. The buttons are, are just, they just work. 
And I think most of the games have utilized it, and they made it work really, really well. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's that's it for Google Stadia. Let me know if you guys, uh, well, obviously you guys don't seem to be a big, very big fans from what I can read. Um, you guys think mostly it's going to fail. I am of the same opinion, but we'll let things go. Um, we'll see how it works. We'll really know how it, how it is when it comes out, and we'll see how many... I, I'm, I'm curious to see how many servers crash, to be honest. Um, so we'll see how that works. Next, uh, next topic. Um, it'll probably be a short topic. Um, I don't have much to talk about, but... Um, Ninja going to Mixer. Um, this made the news this summer due to reasons... Um, also there was controversy, um, when, uh, so in case you guys don't know, um, Ninja is a personality on Twitch that made a lot of money and had a lot of followers playing Fortnite, which is a battle royale type of game. Um, and I was never a big fan of his. I did watch a couple of his streams. I don't. I'll be honest, I find some of the smaller streams better than him, and they have like 100, <laughs> 100 followers, but hey, that's me, a lot of people liked him, um, so that's fine, uh, he blew up when he started playing Fortnite, he used to play, I think, Halo before, and then he blew up playing playing uh, Fortnite, made it very, very big, um, so uh, this year, or earlier in the summer, um, he decided to move over to Mixer. Um, I'm, a, I'm thinking that Microsoft poached him at, to go onto their platform to make to promote Mixer. So assuming that people are, so many people are following him, they would move over to Mixer, and then it would be a snowball effect. People would start going to Mixer because it's better. Um, however, there was controversy with that because he was moving over, everything was fine. However, Twitch was very salty about it, um, and there was this whole thing where on his old channel on Twitch, they were putting porn, I think, um, on or porn-type videos or whatever, and um, it hurt his brand. He came out saying he, he doesn't like that, and it's not who he is, and he condemned Twitch. Twitch came out saying he apologized, blah, 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 half-ass thing. However, the meat of the, the, the whole thing is that Ninja went from Twitch to Mixer. When that happened, I saw a bunch of people going, I'm going to Mixer. Um, I've tried both systems. Um, I tried Mixer before it was Mixer. I tried Mixer when it was Mixer. Um, I forgot the name it was before, uh, not Boku. It was, uh, I forgot the name of it, but it was another name than Mixer. Then Microsoft changed the name. There are advantages on going to on Mixer, um, technology-wise, where I find Twitch kind of, they're dragging their feet a little bit, um, in terms of lag, in terms of responsiveness, it's really cool. However, there's no one on the platform. I streamed on there for, I used to stream between Mixer and, and, um, and Twitch for about a year, uh, and by no, by, by no means am I, you know, uh, blowing up here with followers, uh, 
but I had more success with Twitch than I had with Mixer. Um, at least with Twitch, I get some people finding my stream ever so often. Whereas Mixer, you're just you're dead in the water unless you know people that will watch you. Um, it's hard to get followers. A lot harder. I guess you can promote on Twitter, on Twitter and stuff like that, but it's not as there's there's not as many people on that platform. Now that's what Microsoft is hoping to change by Ninja going to that. Now people that's there were arguments on on Twitter um, on both Ninja as a traitor, he's a sellout, and other people praising him, saying they would do the same. I'll be honest with you, if somebody came to see me and said, "Hey," We're going to pay you, pay you a few million dollars to switch from one platform to the other. All right, sure. I'll switch. Why not? I have nothing to lose. And it's a challenge, right? The challenge is you're trying to improve or um, you're trying to get a platform to get bigger than it is. And to be honest, Twitch would need some competition. Yeah, I did try Mixer... Um, it, um, I think I tried it, so the, it was another name before, and I had tried it, I was on that platform, because it used to be, I, I used to connect directly to that from my Xbox, and it worked a lot better than the Twitch app on the Xbox at the time, but then when I did my setup, and I got my setup going, I got really, um, um, I got like setting up and everything and then it, it got, got it was a lot better for me or a lot easier for me to, to stream on Twitch than it was on Mixer. Then I tried both to see and to be honest there's no one on Mixer. Um, there are people and there's people that really love them. They have quite a few view viewers and but I just don't find it's as easy as Twitch. Even Twitch needs a there's a lot of improvements they need to do. Um, I think I think their algorithm is 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 bad. Um, I think that Twitch does it a little bit better. Uh, if Mixer ever grows to the levels of Twitch, they're going to run into the same problems as you know, um, as Twitch. You know, having people spam. You know, nobody spams channels on Mixer. At least I don't think so. And if they do, why? <laughs> there's no there's no advantage to it. Um, and also, you know, people were saying, oh, well, Ninja made a lot of money on Twitch because he probably got a lot of like, you know, prime subscriptions where you don't have that on, on Mixer. Um, so, hey, creative dude, thank you for the host. Um, so having said that, um, I think that Ninja did the, the best thing that he could do. Um, he's not a sellout. He's not whatever. He's it's a business move, and he went from one platform to the other. He had no ill will towards Twitch. Twitch was salty because they were losing one of his their biggest, biggest guys. But I mean, at the end of the day, um, I'm I'm personally not a guy, and you guys can attest to this. I'm not a guy that likes to follow really big channels. Uh, the biggest channel that I follow, I'm pretty sure, is Kilgore Trout, where where I started following when he was at 200 followers. And now he's ballooned up to 9,000. So, um, but I liked his streams and I like his game, so I'm not going to stop following him. I just find it hard to follow the chat sometimes because the chat just keeps going, 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 going. Um, I tried Mike Matai, or Matei, um, and I wasn't a big fan of his. Um, I like his content on Cinemassacre, but to watch him stream for long periods of time, I 
I don't know. It's just not for me. And I like watching you guys. Psych, the real, de- uh, the real uh, Death by Cows, um, Coin Op, Real Life Dinosaur, Switchy. Um, I like to watch you guys stream. I find you guys more interesting, 10 times more interesting, or 100 times more interesting than anything on those other channels for the most part. And then you have other channels where they broke the algorithm, where they know that if you spam the viewership, you go to on top of the on top of the the um, the food chain, and you get more people passing by and subscribing and stuff like that. I mean, that's fine if you want to do that, but from my experience, that doesn't really do much. There's some channels I remember going to; they had like hundred thousand views. Uh, they had over fifteen thousand channels. Avante as well, yes. How can I forget Avante? He's a sub- subscriber to my channel. <laughs> uh, awesome guy. And actually, a lot of you guys, my my gateway to your channels was through Avante. Um, I, I, saw, I saw Avante first, completely random. I don't even play League of Legends. <laughs> it's not even a game that I play. But I decided to see, like, you know, you know some hosts, stuff like that. And I ended up on his channel. And the, cha- the, the, the time that I... I got stuck on his channel, and it made me a a, a, a lifelong follower. Is um, at one point where we're looking at wrestling videos, um, wrestling videos on on his channel, um, funny like Ultimate Warrior and stuff like that, and had him. That was one of the best streams I ever was part of, and um, I've been a fan ever since. Real Life Dinosaur, same thing. Um, there's that whole group. There's different cliques, but I like it because it's a community. Um, I think generally we're respectful of each other um, for the most part. Um, you guys are fun to hang around with, to chat. Um, it's it's always been a, a treat. Um, so I, all in all, just that to say, I rather have that community. And I'm 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 and I'm not saying you can't do that with Mixer. I'm sure there's some communities on Mixer and they're pro Mixer and everything's fine. I'm just not a big fan of Mixer at this moment in time. For me to move from Twitch to Mixer, it's not really a good move for me right now. And I'm not going to move just for the, for the fact of moving. So, you know. Um, so that was my thought, thought process. Let me know what you guys think about Ninja. Uh, are you guys a fan of his? Did you guys ever watch him on Mixer? Um, did you guys ever like him, period? Let me know. All right. Next. Game releases, yeah, and I get, uh, so, game releases for the week of October 15th to October 21st, so these are all games that are going to be, um, alright, well, it's like PewDiePie, I'm not a big fan of PewDiePie, he has 100 million uh, subscribers on YouTube, I don't know why, (laughs) honestly, there's a lot of other channels that I would think would merit being. Hey, Gallows, how's it going? Um, I I just I I don't know I just I, um, you know there's channels on YouTube that I watch, and they're somewhat popular. I mean, they're they're above a hundred thousand um, subscribers. But they, I wish they would so blow up because they, they're so good. Like Metal Jesus Rocks. I love that channel. That is amazing. That crew is awesome. 
Um, Rich Review Tech USA. I don't always agree with him, but is his he always has he always has a good way of of putting the facts when he says something. And if he's wrong, often he'll come back and do a second video a little bit later on saying, I was wrong. And um, yeah, I, I'm just, um, um, there's a lot of channels that I wish would be a lot bigger than they are. And I, I think they deserve to be a lot better um, or have a lot more fewer viewership. And then there's others where they have millions of followers and I'm like, okay, I, I don't know why, but hey, if it works for you. I guess it's the same thing as TV, right? There's TV channels that you like and others you don't. Or shows that you like and others don't. Um, so that's it. Back to the releases for the week. Um, Alright, so October 15th, Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition and Baldur's Gate 2 Enhanced Edition for the PS4, Switch, and Xbox One. And these, I believe, are on Game Pass on the Xbox. So that's good to know. Billy Bomber on the Switch. Shikara. Action Arcade Wrestling on PC. Children of Morta, PS4, Switch, and Xbox One. Disco Elysium. Uh, the Eyes of Ar Ara on the Switch. The F Fisherman, Fishing Planet, PS4 and Xbox One. Grandia, HD Master. Icewind Dale, Enhanced Edition. Just Ignore Them. The Ninja Saviors, Return of the Warriors. Outer Wilds. For PS4, not to be mistaken with Outer Worlds, which will be released on the 25th. Override Mech City Brawl Supercharged Mega Edition. Overwatch Legendary Edition on the Switch. Planescape Torment plus Icewind Dale Enhanced Editions. The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt Complete Edition on the Switch. And I saw some, some gameplay of that. It still looks... Soundtrack is still amazing. I would I would play that on a freaking Commodore 64 if I had to with the same soundtrack. It's amazing. But it looks you you see there's a degradation in uh Icewind Dale Enhanced Edition for PS4, Switch, and Xbox One. Uh not PC, unfortunately. I don't, I think so, but I'm not sure. I'm just going through October 15th right now. So I'm going through the week of 15th to the 21st. Uh, WANs and Warzone VR. Um, yeah, so Witcher 3 is probably the biggest one on this list uh, with Baldur's Gate. Getting a remastered or getting an enhanced edition. The rest um, you may have heard or you may be fans of. On the 16th of October, we had Angry Bunnies, Colossal Carrot Crusade on the Switch, Draw A Stickman, Epic 2 on the Xbox One and PS4, Little Town Hero on the Switch, and Screensavers VR on PC. Because I need to know those flying toasters, I don't even know what it is, but all I can picture is you being in a virtual reality where you have the, fl the flying toaster. <laughs> Uh, and for those of us that are old enough, you'll remember that. All right, October 17th, we have Battle Planet, Judgment Day on the Switch, Domiverse, Switch, Doors and Rooms on the PS4, Driven Out, PS4 and Xbox One, Felix the Ripper, PS4 and Switch, The Jackbox Party Pack 6 on PC, PS4, Switch, and Xbox One, 
Kine on Switch, Miniature the Story Puzzle on Switch, Monkey King Hero is Back on PS4, Rabbi, uh, ra, ra, Rabbi, Rabbi on Switch, I apologize if I mispronounce that, Sega Ages Columns 2, A Voyage Through Time on Switch, Sega a Ages Ishident R on the Switch, Sea Salt on the Switch, Stranded Sails, Explorers of the Cursed Lands, PS4, Switch, Xbox One, Sublevel Zero Redux on the Switch, Summer Sweetheart on the Switch, and last but not least on this date, Travis Strikes Back, No More Heroes Complete Edition. And that was October 17th. Now for October 18th, Apex Legend Bloodhound Edition, Lifeline Edition, PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth Complete Edition on the Switch. Ice Age Scatty, Scat's Nutty Adventure, PC, PS4, Switch, and Xbox One. Megator Make Aquarium, PS4, Switch, and Xbox One. Like, the majority of these are all getting released on, like, all consoles. Pick, Pig Eat Ball, okay. PS4, Switch, Xbox One. Plants vs. Zombies Battle for Neighborville, PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Return of the Obra Din, PS4, Switch, Xbox One. Uh, return, yeah, okay. Uh, Ring Fit Adventure, Safari Pinball Starblocks Inc. on the Switch. Werbital, uh, PS4, Switch, and Xbox One. And Zick Square Switch. I don't know if there's any of them that actually. And on October 20th, there's one game that's getting released Ultra Off Road. 2019 Alaska for the Switch. Um, there's not a ton here that actually grabs my attention. Uh, Baldur's Gate is a hard game. Witcher 3 I've played through already. You guys can check that in my um, in my uh, collection series. Um, that was a fun game. It took me 105 hours to finish the main game. I didn't do the DLC because I got fed up. <laughs> but I will do the DLC at one point. And the DLC alone is like I think 30 to 40 hours each. It's really some deep shit. And it's really good. Um, I've looked at the story. Uh, I looked at a bit of the story. I looked at a few people streaming. And it's really, really cool. So, um, Yeah, so those are the releases for the week. Let me know which games are piquing your interest. Which ones are the ones that would you would like to get. If you had the money, of course. Unlimited funds. Um. All right, so the next topic is, um, I don't have anything for this, but um, it is um, having more than one console in a business. So it's a discussion piece. So basically, um, it's the idea that now it seems to be common for players to have a gaming PC, a PS4, an Xbox, and a Switch. Or any two of those combinations. Um, and, you know, if I go back a, lo <coughs> a long time ago, back when I had hair, um, that wasn't a thing. Um, if you were in the 80s, um, obviously if you were in the 80s, do I still have it out? No, I don't. Uh, I put it away. Um, oh, yeah, I still have it. Give me a second. So if you were in the 80s, 
you had this. Which is the closest thing you'll ever get to a two-in-one. Legally, anyways. Whoops, that fell. Um, uh, is it this one? This supposed to go in? I don't even remember. Oh, maybe it's just this one. Oh, there we go. So this, and I've said this before uh, numerous times, um, so I apologize if I'm repeating, but this was like the equivalent in the 1980s of having a PS4 with an Xbox emulator or an Xbox One with a PS4 emulator, essentially. So you were able to play Atari games on a ColecoVision, so you automatically just got like, you quadrupled your um, the number of games that you could play on one system. That's insane. You would never see that again today. Um, and back then, you know, you would have things like this where you would buy it and you would have one. But in general, you had, you know, uh, people had either a um, an Atari, a ColecoVision, maybe an Intellivision, but didn't have multiple consoles unless you were filthy rich, um, which could very well be. However, that wasn't the case. Um same thing happened with the NES. Most people had the NES. Didn't really have anything else. They didn't have the Mega Drive. Um, I think it was the Mega Drive, the equivalent. Um, and then when and then when there was the Super Nintendo and the Genesis, most people had one or the other. I was a Genesis Genesis kid. A lot of people had the Super Nintendo, right? But didn't have both. In most cases, you didn't have both. And I remember there used to be, um, not this argument, but this back and forth with, um, between um, people where it's like, oh, I want to have the Genesis. Do you have the Mortal Kombat with the blood? <laughs> you can put the code for the blood. And Nintendo's like, no, we're family friendly. We don't have the co blood code, blah, blah, blah. Um, oh, yeah, of course. You know I never regretted having the Genesis. I really loved the Genesis. The, the, there was some quality games on that uh, system. Um, I used to, I played a crap of NHL 94 on that. Um, I never played the Super Nintendo version. I always played that one. Um, NBA Jam was really cool. There were some games where the music was better on the Super NES than it was on, um, on the, the Genesis. But again, I was like, you know... I played the crap out of Sonic. So I so I was a Genesis kid. I didn't have both. That only started being a thing uh, when I had my 360 towards the end of its lifespan. My brother got me a PlayStation 3. And I ended up having both. And it kind of worked out because I was looking for a DVD player. And the Xbox 360 lost the battle for HD DVD. Um, and it didn't have any Blu-rays, so I ended up, it ended up becoming my Blu-ray player. Um, but that's the only time I actually had both. Yes, the HD DVD drive. Um, but now, like, if you go on, on IGN forums, like, um, um, Podcast Unlocked, or, um, um, with IGN, or the Xbox thing, or... You go to Beyond, um, 
you'll the majority of people have one or the other. They're a fan of one more than the other, but there's games on the other one that Yeah. Um similar very similar actually to Betamax. Most people listening here probably wouldn't know what Betamax is, but back way back way back in a very, very long time ago, back in the 80s, uh, yeah, um, there was a a battle for uh, VHS tapes. So you had VHS and you had Betamax. And Betamax was the Sony equivalent, I believe, and VHS was... Uh, I don't remember. Anyways, they both battled it out, and same thing as Blu-ray... Um, um, the um, the Betamax lost to VHS, and VHS ended up winning. But Betamax had better quality video. You could record better quality. Um, even if you record on VHS uh, higher quality, it, it wasn't as good as Betamax. Same thing with HD DVD and Blu-ray. Technically, HD DVD was technically superior in terms of the visuals, However, you could not store as much on uh, as much content on uh, on media. So, and because of a bunch of different things, um, Blu-ray won, um, and Blu-ray is still number one. The thing I found always st- stupid is that there was no Blu-ray player on the PS4, but there was one on the Xbox One. I don't remember. There's there's one machine that play, they didn't they forgot to put they didn't put Blu-ray and I don't remember why it was so stupid. Anyways, having said that, um, so it's only been recent where everybody seems to ha- need have that need to have both of you know both consoles and a lot of people um, you know friends and coworkers and stuff like that they'll oh how can you know how can you play on the Xbox there's no games really. Have you seen my streams? I've been playing constantly for the last three years on Strictly Xbox. There's games out there, and there's a shit ton of it. And believe me, it's fine. Do I? Are there games that I'm missing out on? Sure. Um, you know, The Last of Us. This generation, I will be very honest, PlayStation 5 had the better exclusives. Nobody can ever deny that. However, you have... You know, um, I'm in the Xbox ecosystem, and I like the ecosystem better on the Xbox than I do on the PlayStation. Um, I always liked Xbox Live more. Um, that's my my own personal preference. Um, some people like PS Now. That's fine. Um, I like the, the Game Pass. Um, and, and Xbox improved a lot since launch of the Xbox One. Um, um, I bought through it. I just bought it because I'm an Xbox guy, not a fanboy, but I do like the the system better. I do like the controls better, but they did botch the, the launch of it, um, with the, the connect, um, connecting it with the connect. Um, I bought it a year later. They didn't have the connect anymore, so I, I don't have it. Uh, they had, um, you know, game pass came along. Although PS Now came out before, I think 
Game Pass did it right. Um, and I'm loving it, to be honest. I I have no complaints about it. Um, the Xbox Live with Gold. Um, there's an equivalent on the P- on the PS5. Uh, PS5. PS4. Um, but I, I, I've been downloading two games a month. Two to four games a month, depending on the month. Constantly for the last... But I've had this four years now. I have hundreds and hundreds of games. Even though if I never really play them, they're mine. I own them. I downloaded them. While I I own them, I I have them in my library, and I could download them anytime I want. And through that service, I ended up getting the Dead Space series, Dead Space One, Two, and Three for free. Uh, at one point, Gears of War was free. I think I have one and two. I think. Uh, Shadow Complex, which is an underrated game. Um, I got it for free. It was an, It's an old 360 game, but it was um, released to be backwards compatible. The backwards compatibility is awesome. There are games that I wish would be backwards compatible, and they're not. But, you know, beggars can be choosers. But at least they know, they acknowledge that people like playing the old games. I just wish there were a little bit more games for the Xbox, the original Xbox. It's kind of slow going out the gate. And I know it's a different codec and architecture and everything, but it's a little slow out of the gate. But um, if I compare that with the Switch, well, the Switch, you have the NES and SNES apps to play the old games. They're not all on there. Um, So it's a crapshoot what you get. Um, So all in all, if I look at what I prefer, I prefer the Xbox, but it seems to not stop anybody or most people from buying a second, um, a second console. And I can understand why somebody would buy the, um, so what is it? Um, I couldn't, I could make an argument for why people would want a switch and one of the major consoles, PlayStation or Xbox. Right. Um, there's an argument to be made there. It's a handheld device. It's a really cool device. It's really nice. You can play AAA games on the go. Um, and one of my buddies um, messaged me. He's like, whoever said that Witcher 3 was a good game to play on the go? Uh, not me. I know IGN said that. Certainly not me. Why the hell would you play Witcher 3 on the go? Like... If you have a forty-minute a forty-minute commute, that's it. You're done. You don't even get anything done. There's no point. So, unless your commute is two hours long, then maybe you can make some headway. But other than that, it's not really something that that's worth it. Um, but this generation, to choose if you have one, the only difference that would, the only thing that would make you sway to buy one console over the other. Even previous generation, it was based on, did you want a Blu-ray player? And you got a game console on top of it for the price of like 300, right? 350. Wow, that's amazing. That's a good, that was a good deal. Xbox, well, they benefited from having the better games. That, that was that generation. This generation, PlayStation has the better first party games. We'll grant you that. But most people would argue that 
the third-party games all play better on the Xbox One X. Which, it sold quite a bit. I mean, it's not at the levels of PS4. PS4 sold over 100 million consoles. Um, when this generation is done, um, Xbox will probably finish third, if not already, unless they're already there. They're going to be third on the list of consoles. Um, but they did a lot of good things. Um, and not, it's not because I'm an Xbox fanboy or whatever. I, they did a lot of good things. I'm still playing on the original Xbox. I have an Xbox One S um, on, in my other room um, that I use as a streaming device. Um, and to be honest, it still plays really, really well. I haven't had any issues with it. Um, I mean, if, if I wanted to, I, could play, I, I couldn't put an external hard drive, which PlayStation you still couldn't until recently. Um, it's just a, it's just a really really good way of um, of playing some third party games. They play better on the Xbox. Now, um, do you now the the thing is, do we need to? The answer is no. Um, if you're just happy with the way that games are played, um. You know, or the games that get released, or that you play one game and you stick with that one for a while, the console is fine. There's more than enough games on there to freaking last you forever. Um, I played Assassin's Creed Odyssey, uh, which is a third-party game that plays on all consoles, uh, but I have the Xbox, so I played it on the Xbox. It was beautiful. It was great. Lasted what eighty hours. I'm good. Um, that lasted me a while. I played The Richer Three, which still looks phenomenal on an xbox i could just imagine on an enhanced uh version of it yes i'm uh, doing a podcast <laughs> it's my uh my podcast um uh, friday nights will be podcast night um reviving the corporate gamer podcast so i'm going Right now, I'm just talking about people having more than one console um, in their household and how that's more of a recent phenomenon, more than more recent than people think. Um, you know, as I was saying, even 15 years ago or even 10 years ago, household having two consoles was kind of... <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, both... Um, People wouldn't have both both consoles or multiple consoles in a house. Now, a lot of people that I see in the gaming community, yes, I will. Um, I I'll probably have guests at one point. Um, maybe not. This was the launching, <laughs> but I probably wouldn't be um, right now. But uh, I'm probably gonna do one every couple of weeks. <laughs> um. But in general, it was more, um, yeah, um, <laughs> uh, the PC is a little bit different because people use it for productivity reasons as well. Um, but most people have, most people didn't have two consoles. Now, if I go on forums, it seems that everyone bought a PS4 and most people that have a PS4 also have an Xbox One X. They bought it for the power, uh, which is fine. But I mean, at the same time, um, I find it's it's a lot of money. Think of it. Um, even though you got it at a reduced price, 
Um, you bought the initial machine at $599 or $499, and you buy a second one at what a reduced price, let's say $300, $299. That's still almost $700 of your money, or $600 out of your money, plus the games you're going to be playing, plus uh, it's just, I, I'm, I don't know. Um, I'm I'm of the opinion that I'm set in this um, or like this ecosystem for me and it works. Uh, if I had a choice between PC and Xbox, I would probably choose a PC if I could. I don't have a gaming PC per se. Yeah, there's a ton of people that have both, especially currently this generation. It kind of started with the Xbox 360 generation uh, where... A lot of people love the games on the Xbox 360, but they wanted a Blu-ray player. So they kind of went, um, and that's kind of where, where it started. Before that, it was, at least my my initial reaction was, like, it seemed to have been rarer at that time. So if that's the case, and that's the trend... What is the next generation going to be for the PS5 and Project Scarlet and for the Switch 2 or whatever? Um, you know, um, there's there's not as many consoles per se. Um, there's periods of time where there were consoles all over the place. You had the Mega Drive, you had the... Gen well, Mega Drive and Genesis were the same. Uh, you had the TurboGrafx-16, um, and there were a bunch of random like RCA gaming consoles... Sega Saturn, like there's a bunch of different consoles that happened at the same time. Um, now you kind of only have three main ones plus PC, which PC has always been a gaming console. Um, but there's only three main ones, and it seems that most of them have. And I'm, and to be honest, I'm. Um... Hey, Weasel Beast, how's it going? The Weasel has landed. Um. So yeah, I'm. Um, I don't know how I'm gonna be because uh, in this generation, I admit that I bought the Switch and I have an Xbox One, and I got a Switch from one of my coworkers because I wanted to play Breath of the Wild, and to be honest, I wanted to play the Super Mario Maker Two, which has been phenomenally fun. Um, I can't get enough of it. I'm good. I'm good. It's the first one. It's the return of the Corporate Gamer Podcast after a two-year absence. So. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, I don't know how the next generations are going to go. Um, you know, now there's a lot of podcasts that are going, ooh, PlayStation 5 is going to have this, and ooh, Project Scarlet's going to have this, and ooh. Um, I don't know what I'm going to buy. Um, I'm probably going to buy go more Xbox, only because, again, this, this controller is the perfect controller for me. I've played with this controller since the 360, and they made a few modifications, but in general, it's the same form factor. It's amazing, and I love it. And I use it on my PC gaming as well. So it's not like something that I, you know, um, it's not something that I'm going to, like, let go or, you know, let go easily. Um, it took me a long time. I had a PS4 for a while, and I tried to play um, Battlefield, Battlefield 3, I think. And I could not get used to the freaking controls. And I think it's because my brain <laughs> just reacts better to an Xbox controller. It's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. And I'm old. So I'm sticking to this for now. Um, 
and also there was a few things that came that that attracted me to this um it's funny because the last generation playstation you were able to hook up an hd drive uh, but not the not the xbox i don't know towards the end of the lifespan but i know the xbox you can plug in an, uh, an external hard drive this generation you'd figure that playstation they were like it's a feature they had and they did really well um and it was released day one but nope there was no hard drive support in the for the ps4 but yet the xbox one had it so um the only thing that's a little bit um wishy-washy right now it's keyboard support technically it's something that's on its way there's a few games that utilize it but um it's not there yet i mean to be honest it's a mini computer at this point However, the Xbox One X is a very cheap 4K machine to play games. Um, you know, yeah, obviously it's not a productivity tool. Um, there's nothing on there. You're not going to be editing videos or doing Word things on there. But um, if you were going to buy a 4K capable PC um, and you compare that to an Xbox One X, it's relatively cheap. Um, same thing for the PS uh, Virtual Reality. Um, it's relatively cheap compared to the Oculus or the Vive. Um, uh, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. The only thing I'm expecting them to announce at one point is VR support next generation. However, um, uh, Xbox has not has said that uh, Phil Spencer has said that they're not. They don't feel that they can really do it because of. Um, um, no one has been able to do it properly and do it right. So until they do it, they're able to do it right. They're not going to do it. All right. Um, I'm surprised that actually PlayStation hasn't let go of that um, of that part um, of their 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 branching of the PS4 and the PS4 Pro. Um, it they keep releasing games for VR and it keeps coming out, coming out. And at the beginning, it was more just. It wasn't really games. It was more experimenting with, like, um, areas and locations and stuff. But now there's there's more and more people are getting familiar with the SDK. I'm assuming, and they're getting more creative in what they can do, and they're kind of getting more familiar with the technology. And you have more better and better games getting released for VR, especially on the PS, uh, PlayStation. So um, they may be onto something there. Um, uh, you know. Xbox has some stuff up their sleeve, but they're not doing anything with it. So I don't know what they're going to be doing. You can have all the powerful machines in the world, but the games have to be there. They have bought quite a few game studios, which um, uh, which I think is going to be really, really good. Um, um I don't know about that. Um, I mean, Xbox, I think, is there for the long haul. Um, they have the superior services, for sure. Um, not because I'm an Xbox guy, but um, in general, it's a smoother service than it is on the PS. However, the PS is winning the war this generation. Nintendo is nowhere close to being getting out of the game. They're, they're not going to get out of the game. They're, they're on top of their game right now. Uh, they made a, 
they they did a hit with the Wii. They flopped with the Wii U, and now with the Switch, they made it a something even better. So, um, the only thing that's hurting them is the power, and that's hurting probably some third party support. But they are getting third party support as much as as much as the games are not as polished as they are on other systems. Um, Nintendo has been good in releasing some third party some good third party games and it hasn't slowed down and their first party games are still a1 uh, breath of the wild mario odyssey um, when they get to release metroid uh, they went back to the drawing board for metroid because they didn't like what they were seeing but when they do release that and there's an announcement for that oh boy uh I okay i will go knee deep i think sony are on the black back foot and mainly due to a lesser developed platform as opposed to microsoft they have more experience. The PlayStation 1 came out, what, in the mid-90s? Mid to late 90s? Um, Microsoft, they have... Inadvertently, they make games for two platforms. Essentially. They have the PC market, because of Windows. And they have the Xbox One. And eventually, I have a feeling both are going to merge. That's it. Um, they have... The thing about about Microsoft is they have a way of fucking up. They you can see how they Windows is the perfect example. There's always one one version of Windows that sucks, and then the next one is the previous version but done the way it was supposed to be done. You had the X uh, Windows XP, great console. Everybody was loving it. Everybody was going awesome. Lasted years. Then they came out with Windows Vista, and then everybody was like, what? It was really bloated. It was insane. A lot of crashes. Uh, peripherals didn't work. Um, it was a clusterbuck of poop. Um, then after that, they had Windows 7, which was done Vista done right. They took out all the bloatware. They did everything fine. Okay, whatever. Then they came out with Windows 8 and 8.1, which was okay, but they they screwed up. They, the, the tiling thing didn't work, whatever. And now they, they came out Windows 10. Windows 10 is what? It's Windows 10. Windows 8 done right. So they have a tendency of doing that with everything. And this generation, they acknowledge that they screwed up. They know where they screwed up, and they're not going to make that mistake again. So... I think by them buying a lot of them, and I'm going to be playing a game in a couple of weeks, uh, probably starting next Friday, um, The Outer Worlds, which is made by Obsidian. Um, unfortunately, the game was was being was worked on before the the Microsoft bought them off, but it's one of those games where I think it's going to start setting up the the space for games first party games getting out on the platform and the fact that uh, microsoft bought all those gaming companies tells me they're not getting out of the game anytime soon and you are right if you're looking at the three major consoles um if you look at the three major consoles the one that seems most likely to fold would probably be playstation because Nint nintendo's not going to get out of the game um, Xbox 
you don't buy gaming companies, just to, gaming studios, just to freaking, you know, not do anything with them. So yeah, PlayStation, ha- but they have their own studios as well, and they're thriving, and they're doing really good content on the on that platform. Um, and I, you have to commend them for that. They've been really doing really well. There's some games that look wickedly awesome. The Last of Us, um, uh, Spider Man. Um, although Spider Man is. The mechanics of it seem very similar, at least in my eyes, to Assassin's Creed Odyssey. But it's a beautiful game, and it's an awesome game. Um, and it's also a game that lasts quite a few, quite a while. So it's it's actually pretty cool. Uh, sorry, I missed your your last uh, weasel. I missed your last um, last point. Case in point: Microsoft fights sim leveraging clustered computing for world complexity and leaving localized physics, etc., to the CPU. And something tells me Scorpion is going to push that same idea. Yeah, um, yeah, probably. Um, we'll see how that goes. Um, I think that this was a blip. Um, I think Xbox learned from their mistakes. Um, they changed the head guy. It's Phil Spencer now. He seems to really have gaming at heart. And the thing that I love about him, and a lot of people criticize him for, he's a fan of games. He'll play the PlayStation, he'll play the Switch, he'll play the PC. He likes games. And because of that, his platform will eventually benefit from that. And we'll, we'll see his real stamp, the next generation. He did put his stamp on this generation by doing certain services, doing backwards compatibility, compatibility with the original Xbox games. Um, and I think that was just done strictly for the criticism that there wasn't enough first parts first party games so they tried to open up the library a little bit which is fine whatever the reason was i think it's a fan favorite so you're opening up and now playstation also jumped on board and said oh you'll be able to play all of our games from all our systems is that going to be true or not i don't know but see how that goes um it will be an, an emulator will you be able to play it straight from the disc uh, i don't know we'll have to see all right, so that was my discussion between play. Well, so all that to say, it seems that the tendency uh, to go back to my original point I was trying to make, um, people are getting. Uh, it, it's really a consumer market. Um, you know, you don't reach levels of hundred million consoles or fifty million consoles by having one console per household. That's insane. Uh, people have two, three in some cases. Um, they play everything that comes out. I don't know how people play everything that comes out. It's insane. However, if the tendency continues, it seems that it will drag on to the next generation of consoles and next generation, you're going to have the ones that buy the fanboys. They're going to buy whatever they're, I'm I'm not even going to buy the next generation right off the bat. I'm going to wait only because, um, um, I'm going to wait because there's always glitches and stuff like that, but Right now, I probably would be leaning towards an Xbox One, uh, or the next Xbox Two, whatever, or Xbox Scarlet. Uh, PS Five, I'm sure, is going to be great. There's a lot of people that love the PS and their PS, and the same reasons why I like the Xbox is the same reasons that some people like the PlayStation, and it's fine. Competition is great, and that's why we get so many great games. Um, and I already did write um, an article on a roundtable. I know cheap plug um, about how. Um, the movie industry, how the gaming industry is becoming very, very similar to the gaming industry. 
the movie industry, sorry. Um, there's a lot of similarities between both and where the movie industry took a hundred years to get to where it is. The gaming industry took 30 and it's gotten to a point where some of these games are big budget affairs and it's, it's, it's pretty intense. So, um, yeah, that's it. The next, so let me know, um, let me know in the chat if you guys are going to planning on getting more than one console, getting any console at all, sticking to PC, let me know and, uh, we can discuss it later. Last but not least, um, I wanted to compare, it's one thing that I've, I've pretty much said during my, um, uh, my, um, I don't know why it's not loading. Loading, loading, loading. Um, it's um, something that I did mention in my um, in my gaming playthroughs is especially the fact that I just played Metro Exodus. Um, I don't know why my my thing is not loading. Um, oh, that's loading. That's weird. Okay. Um, Um, I've compared Wolfenstein Youngblood and Metro Exodus very often. And the reason for this is I find that both of them have a lot of similarities. Just that I find one game implemented it really, really well, and the other game implemented it really, really badly. Um, I'm trying to see if I can get, uh, Metro Exodus. Um... So let's start with Metro Exodus. So um, I played Metro Exodus first. Um, and Metro Exodus is a game that is... Um, there we go. Um, is a game that is really fun to play. And to give you a little bit of context, um, um, Metro is a, is a post-apocalyptic game based out of Russia or Moscow, for that matter. Um, and it's play, played mainly, the first few games are played mainly in the Metro channels. That's why it's called Metro. And the reason for that is because um, there's been an apocalyptic, there was a bomb, it destroyed everything. Tell me if you've heard this before, because it seems very similar to Fallout, except it's not in the States. Uh, but it's a very linear type of game, and it plays... Um, whoops. Uh, it's a very linear game, and it plays in a way that, um, um, you know, very close, claustrophobic. Um, the, the only way I can describe it is maybe it's a cross between Dead Space 1, um, Aliens, the Aliens movie. Um, it's very, it's a closed area, space horror. It's not even a space horror. It's just a horror um, a lot of jump scares, especially the first one had a lot of jump scares. Um, so it's actually cool. You play, uh, the character of Artyom and, um, you're basically, the first one is based on the dark ones. Um, more or less, uh, you're trying to survive through the, the Metro tunnels. The second one, last light is you're trying to save one of the last dark ones. Um, so that's fine. The third one was an original idea. It was a bit of a, um, a bit of a, 
a different direction for the the game. Um, it was a little bit more open world. It was a I call it a full open world. It's an open world where you can go and check a bunch of different things, uh, but the storyline is still relatively still uh, is still um, linear, in a sense that you know you still have to go from point A to point B. However, you can scavenge around and you can find a lot of different things. So the maps are a little bit different. Um, and you play in Metro Exodus, you play essentially four seasons, four maps, uh, winter, spring, fall, uh, uh, summer and fall, and then you have the ending and so on and so forth. So it's a little bit of an open, an open concept game. Uh, it's open world. It's a little bit more open world. Um, you're still playing the main character. The storytelling is done really, really, really well. So now on to Wolfenstein Youngblood. Wolf, if you're not, a, if you don't know what Wolfenstein is, basically Wolfenstein is a post-apocalyptic world where um, basically the premise is an alternative storyline to if the uh, Nazis would have won World War II, what would have happened? So that's basically um, you, the 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 games go all the way back to the 1980s, um, but. For the new reboot series that came out a few years ago, uh, Wolfenstein 1, The Old Blood, Wolfenstein 2, and now Wolfenstein Youngblood. Wolfenstein Youngblood takes place in the 1980s, and essentially, it's a very similar, not premise, but the idea is similar. The first, ver the first games in the reboot series are very linear. Point A to point B, shoot everything in your path, Exploration is done to a minimum. You can explore a bit, but it's not really. It's very, very linear. In Wolfenstein Youngblood, they decide to open it up a little bit more and have another full world. And there, I, I think, personally, there's two key things that really stand out of why I like Metro Exodus over Wolfenstein Youngblood. Wolfenstein Youngblood... Um, well, let's start with Metro Exodus. Metro Exodus has an amazing storyline, and the writing is phenomenal. You have... Um, it's just the way you connect with the characters, the way you play with the characters. Even in the first few games, you feel, and especially Wolfenstein 2, I think is the epitome of the writing of, of that particular part. And Metro Exodus, it's a throughout the whole thing. Metro Exodus has great writing throughout the whole thing. Um, and what Exodus kind of expanded on that and you got kind of, um, you kind of learned how, um, uh, how relationships work and how you work with Colonel Miller and, and everything else. So you have this report. So the main focus is the action, but you do have this storytelling, uh, ability in there and they continued within metro exodus they didn't break away from that you still feel really really cool and even to to even um put an accent on that um basically i played the dlc and the dlc the two kernels is a very very short game it's super short it's like two and a half hours i think i played one night and i was done i expected it to be longer but um However, in that short period of time, the I'm not going to give too much away of it, but basically, you're you're it's a flashback. 
you're playing a flash, but you're you're it. It's called the two colonels because the main story, the cutscenes are with most of the time they're with Colonel Miller, but the gameplay is in the past. It's it's basically flashback, and you're you're playing Colonel Kalinikov, Kafinikov, something along those lines, and um, and basically. You, you go through his eyes of what he did in order to get to that certain point, right, in the game. And you're basically playing through him. But even in, in that little part, I had a connection to him. I had a connection to Kirill, which is a small boy that you first meet in Metro Exodus main storyline. But he's also a really big part of uh, the DLC as well. And there's that rapport. It's the dad and son thing. And it's really done really, really well. I really felt for these guys and I really wanted to make sure that they, you know, they succeed and, and it's a happy ending at the end. Let's move over to Wolfenstein. Very similar to Metro Exodus that I mentioned before, they were very linear games, but there was a really good storyline attachment to the character. I think the first one, a little bit less, Wolfenstein, um, there is a feeling for it, and I, I did, playing it again made me appreciate it more. You do feel you do feel attached to the characters, but you feel he's more of a loner, uh, B.J. Blazkowicz. The second game is where I think it's the epitome of storytelling for the Wolfenstein series. They made it so that it's action-packed, amazing storyline, and I felt for the characters. Awesome. So I was really looking forward to Wolfenstein Youngblood. The premise was a little bit weird. Um, when I saw it, um, when I saw it premiered, it was, it was, um, you're playing as a co-op and, and so on. Okay, fine. The co-op part, I didn't really mind as much, um, as long as you remove the online version of it, because as long, if you get somebody that plays a game and it's just, they're just an a-hole, it's sucky to fucking play. And when you die in this game, it's fucking punishing because you have to start all the way back and it's, there's no... They should have had some save states, but they didn't, and that's a shame. I think, yeah, they, I don't think this one had save states. Metro Exodus had one save slot, which is not enough, but at least it's better than none. Um, however, in this game, I had zero attachment to the characters, and that's my point, number one point. They, I, I couldn't care less for the, the sisters, for Blee J. Blaskovic's kids. I could not care less for them. They were annoying. Um, I understand it was based out of the 80s and they tried to do 80s things and there's, you know, whatever. There were elements of the game I really did like, but the two main protagonists where you're supposed to have a connection with, I just could not get into their character. Um, I was actually happy when I was done. The other thing, the second... so. Basically, the rapport that you have with the characters or the attachment you feel to the characters, that was the number one big difference, which was on the favor of Metro Exodus. The second one was level design. And let me explain. With Metro Exodus, you never had to redo a same section over and over and over again. You never had to. Um, it just felt like the story was going along, and if you had a side quest, you had a side quest. It was more of an open-world concept. This one, they were saying it's an open world for Wolfenstein. However, when I played them, um, 
it was really annoying. And if you watched my playthrough, you saw that I was getting really frustrated. You have like certain missions that you do. So I, I don't know. Um, let's say I go to area one. Okay, I go through it. You would expect if I go through it and I kill everyone, if freaking everyone dies. No. When I come back, I have to kill the exact same people in the same spots. So everybody responds. That would be fine if I would do that once. I had to do it at least a dozen times. Where I went to the same area, but the objective was different. So I had to go through the same area, the same freaking um, enemies, the same robots. They respond at the same time. At one point, it was just, okay, I know how to beat them. Shoot this guy in the head. Shoot this. Like, it became it became cumbersome to play the game. And although you don't have to do anything in any one sequence, which is the open world part, the way the level design was made was done so that the player gets annoyed really, really fast. Now, it's possible that I didn't play it properly, and I could have played it a little bit better way. But that's where Wolfenstein Youngblood lost me and Metro Exodus won me. Like, I used to be really, I really wanted to play Wolfenstein 3, but after this Youngblood, um, I'm actually hesitant to play Wolfenstein 3. I may actually wait to buy it, whereas Wolfenstein Youngblood, I bought it day one because I really wanted to play it and I really thought that it would be cool. Um, and I didn't mind the co-op stuff, whatever. Um, there's some parts where it make it a little, the, the AI makes it a little bit more difficult. Whatever, I don't care. But these two games relatively came out around the same time. Um, this one came out July 26th. This one came out February 15th. So the same year. Um, but I'm willing to pay the DLC for Exodus. Not sure I'm going to buy it for Youngblood. And the multiplayer part of Youngblood, I couldn't care less. Um... So we'll see how that goes uh, with that particular game. I hope that Wolfenstein 3 does reinvigorate, goes back to its roots. Because I think what happened is, I think they were testing stuff with Wolfenstein Youngblood. And I said this on my streams as well. And I said this for uh, for Fallout as well. Um, if they were testing stuff with this one, they would have seen what sticks. And then the elements that stick would be moved over to Wolfenstein 3. I think it kind of not sure about it. I don't sure what worked or not. Um, but I did like the 80s theme of it. So I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Um, Metro Exodus. I think it's a series that the only thing I would hope that it would do with Metro Exodus is bring back the dark ones. Um, they were the focal point of Wolfenstein, uh, Wolfenstein. They were the focal point of Metro uh, 2033 and um, Metro Last Light. Um, Metro Exodus has nothing to do with the Dark Ones. It's basically the premise is you're trying to get out of Moscow, essentially. Um, and it's whatever adventures you're on. Um, it looked really good. Uh, Metro Exodus looked really good. Um, Wolfenstein Youngblood, I just... It had elements that were okay, but by the end of it, I wanted it to end. Um, and I don't think I would go back to it. So that's the main comparison. So there's two main th differences. The, the, the rapport 
between the or the 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 attachment you have with the main characters and the game design the level design um i think was shoddy um and there's no save so i learned this after i played um and i didn't even find this on the, the net because a lot of people are saying oh there's no save there is a save but it's it's hidden so the only way you can save and, and i guess this is a tip if you play wolfenstein youngblood there's no way to actually save the game. Um, you either have to finish a section and then you get a save thing icon and then it saves the, the progress and whatever. If you die before then, you go back to the beginning, you have to start again. However, if you pick up a huge machine gun, a turret, turret that's on, that's on its uh, stand and you unhinge it, the game saves. Why? I have no clue. I realized that towards the end of the game, which would have made my game a lot easier if I was able to save at certain points. Um, also, the resurgent of these game of these um, the enemies were horrendous. So um, I just kept I just kept thinking I'm doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. At one point, it just became so repetitive. I just wanted to stop. And um, I, w I would really hope they would go back to their, you know, number one bread and butter Wolfenstein 1 and 2. So um, all that to say, I really love Metro Exodus. I like the DLC. The DLC review will be coming out on Sunday. Um, um, although it's very short, I really enjoyed it. Um, did I give a rating for this? No, I just said that I recommend it. Yeah. So, yeah, before this game, I actually thought Metro and Wolfenstein were very similar in the sense that it's a first-person shooter, it's very linear, uh, but now it's starting to diverge a little bit, and maybe it's Wolfenstein just made a misstep, and they're going to learn from their mistakes, and they're going to do better. Um, I'm hoping Machine Games does a little bit better, and even Arcane Studios, uh, but they did do very well with the first three games in the series, Wolfenstein 1, The Old Blood, and Wolfenstein 2. This one was a misstep. Metro Exodus really hasn't done a misstep, really. Um, you may not agree with the direction they went with, but it wasn't a bad game all over. So it's 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 not that bad. So let me know what you guys think. Um, I don't know how many people have actually played both. Um, I know you guys followed my channel, and some of you actually watched my um, watched my my playthroughs. Um, so let me know what you guys think. And, uh, and, uh, I shall comment it like next time. So I think this is it two hours in actually two hours on the money. Not too bad. Um, the first episode of the court, the reboot of the corporate gamer podcast is in the bank. Let me know in the comments, um, on my channel, on Twitter, on Facebook, you have my web website on the screen right now roundtable.ca where I review TV music and movies with my 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 uh, my brother and my good friend Steve um, you see, I, I do a lot of the retro reviews and a lot of the gaming reviews they do more of the newer stuff my website my brother takes care of the website more or less uh, if you guys are uh, intrigued and you like the website you can go to the sign up page and you can sign up with your name and email address and you will get every two weeks, you will get a, uh, a newsletter in your email about um, how 
uh, what the news of the that, that caught our eye, uh, the reviews, our latest reviews, and um, anything you can leave a comment if you want to as well. So if you guys want to do that, sign up here, and you will get a newsletter every two weeks. Uh, and also, I'm on Twitter at corporate gamer nine. Um, I'm also on um, Instagram at corporate gamer. And I am on YouTube as well. Just search for Corporate Gamer um, and you shall see, get my channel, uh, subscribe. My podcast will be on both Twitch and I will upload to, um, at least temporarily, uh, and see where I work out all the kinks. And, um, and this will be uploaded to YouTube. Once I'm more comfortable, I'll probably get my, uh, my podcast up on iTunes and maybe Google um, Play as well. So guys, thank you so much for passing by on my first re first uh, podcast in two years. Really appreciate the comments. Um, it's more than I expected. Uh, I wanted to thank everybody that hosted me. Big Bag Bizarre Gaming, Overrider, Wasteland Ruckus, Engineering Gaming Nerd, Psychosis, Angry Gorilla, Mr. Garf1988, Gallows Adler, Got to Choose, Switchy and the integer real life dinosaur and creative dude thank you so much for um for hosting me thank you to whoever passed by on the stream to say uh to say hello or give your comments wasteland as usual thank you so much i don't know why i'm pointing there because i think usually my camera's there thank you so much for the support weasel beast thank you again for passing by real life dinosaur uh psychosis uh, Death by Cows, um, Gallows Adler, uh, I said Psych, uh, what else, Psych is there, Switchy, Coinop, uh, was here before, um, you guys are awesome, you guys make this, this, uh, this thing really, really fun, I've been wanting to do this for a while, um, there are some times where I will probably have some guests on, uh, some of you maybe, and we can discuss um, different things. Uh, we'll have to. I just want to get comfortable doing this first, <laughs> and then uh, we'll. I'll probably uh, start getting getting some guests and uh, having a discussion uh, on how things um, on how things could work. So we'll we'll get that done. All right, guys. Have a wonderful wonderful Friday night. Hope that you guys have a wonderful weekend. I will be back on Sunday doing retro stuff. I know I didn't do it last week, uh, but I will be back. Um, I will be back doing, um, I don't know, probably Wolfenstein again. Um, we'll see how that goes. Um, but I am thinking of, of streaming Fallout 2. Um, I've been watching a few people streaming that on, on Twitch, and I was like, hmm, that's a challenge I'd like to have. So I may actually do that. Sorry, right, guys. Have a wonderful weekend. I shall catch you next time. Podcast will be every Friday night, um, 7 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, and um, hope that you guys have a wonderful night. Have a good one, guys. Ciao.